Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. Hello, I'm Kate Spencer. And we're not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Just a reminder that you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for links to everything we mentioned on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Forever35Pod and Forever35Podcast, respectively. And you can join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. And we do have a voicemail and a text message number at 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Just check in. Let us know what's going on. Shoot us a text. Say what's up. Yeah. Send us some gifts. (laughs) Or gifts. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Just kidding. We don't actually need gifts from anyone. 
We don't need gifts. The only thing we need is our health and a Biden presidency. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Kate? Well, yesterday, my breasts were mammogrammed. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of mammograms as the ultimate self-care. I'm with you on that. I didn't mean to time my yearly mammogram with Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but uh-huh. we are we are in it. Um, and so it just felt extra timely. And it was easy. If anyone has been putting it off for any reason, but especially because, you know, we're in the middle of uh, a pandemic. As Naomi mm-hmm. Ekparrigan, past guest, calls it on her very funny social media. Um, <laughs> I know it can feel a little daunting to have to go to do any medical thing right now, but it was seamless and easy. And the administrators and nurses and staff could not have been like more amazing and like had it down. You know, like I yeah. used an iPad and I waited in my own little room and it was just all seamless. I mean, literally I was in and out in like under 15 minutes, which mm-hmm. the, when I got my first mammogram, it was like a two hour wait and this whole thing. So it oh, was, God. yeah, shout out to uh, the place I got my mammogram at <laughs> Santa Clarita, California. Uh, Whoa. Yes, uh, yes. For those not in the know, that's a bit of a drive, but that's just because that's where I have to go because of my insurance. But I will say, like, also, if you if you're scared of getting a mammogram, it is not scary. You can do it. Totally. Get your boobs checked. Get them checked regularly. Touch them. Feel them. Check for lumps. Um, the mammogram. Really, all it is is you go into a room. They squeeze each boob in a bunch, a couple different ways in between two plates. You hold your breath while they take a picture of it. And you kind of hug a big machine with your boob mashed between two things. And it takes like two seconds. And the person doing it has done it 8 million times. And they're pros at squishing boobs and getting you where you need to go. And then that's it. They do take pictures from like different angles. Yeah. You're modeling your boobs, essentially. But like the person, I guess she's a radiologist technician, or I'm not sure the proper term, but she's just like, you know, like she touches boobs like the same way, like I touch cans of LaCroix bubbly water. You know, like she's so used to touching them. It was like nothing. Mm -hmm, She just like mm -hmm, got mm -hmm. it in the right spot, got my arm over the machine, was like, you know, squeezed my boobs in there and got the pics and we were done. She's like a boob paparazzi. So I really do think like our health, checking our health and staying on top of all that stuff is truly how we care for ourselves. And I just want to encourage you all to, uh, if you have breasts, get them checked. Amen. Well, thank you. The other thing I want to tell you, Dory, is that I finally got another piece of Fenty beauty makeup from yay old Sephora's. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this. I'm going to give it everything. I'm going to give it a hard endorse. Wow. Right? Okay. Right off the bat, like it's new. So uh, listeners of this podcast might know that Dory and I are about to embark on a journey in which we test the audience's favorite cleansers. And so I had to order all the cleansers. So I ordered them all from, I ordered a bunch from a bunch of different places. And one of the places I had to order some from was Sephora. So Mm -hmm. while I was there, the Sephora website told me that my 
VIB membership was going to fail if I didn't purchase a certain amount of things. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I got to keep this VIB membership up. So I was like, well, I'll just add a couple more things to the cart here. And I was like, what's what are I really curious about? And I was like, oh, the un, the under eye circles I've been looking at. So I popped a Fenty Beauty concealer into my cart and it arrived at my house just a couple days later. And boy, is it good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dory, I like it. Wow. Okay. I'm here. Here's a couple things. I feel like the It Cosmetics under eye concealer, bye bye under eye, gets a lot of play. Mm-hmm. But I find that consistency to be very thick. Mm. And this is a lighter weight concealer, but it still really camouflages what's going on under my eyes. Wow, and you feel like it stays on all day. Yeah, I'm today is my first day. I like I was playing with it at night. Today is my first day wearing it all day. I did not put primer on or anything. I just put the concealer on and so far so good. Wow, okay. Now, I also want to say that Elf Cosmetics has a concealer sponge. Mm. It's like tinier, it's like a teeny sponge kind of in the shape of like a pointy, a skinny pointy egg. So it's like a mini beauty blender. It is, but it's it's thinner. It's not as like chunky and, or should I say it's more narrow. And I've been using that to really blend my under eye concealer. And that little thing is great because it's tiny and angled. It can really kind of get into the like kind of corners of your eye. And so I also just want to give this little product a big shout out for your concealer needs. It's the Camo Concealer Sponge. It's $5 by Elf Cosmetics. I got got one at Target. And we should say that Elf is a sponsor of this podcast. They are a sponsor. I did not... um, I purchased this myself, I shall clarify. But uh, yes, they have gifted us other products per their very generous sponsorship of Forever 35. Well, Kate, this has just been quite an update from you today. (laughs) Boobs and bags. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I'm kind of like, like the dark circles have been bugging me and it's like, well, it's very easy fix. I just, I just got to get, like, I don't know why I've been like, oh, dark circles. eh." Like, oh, just get some concealer and yeah, your there life. are things there are things actually made for those. Yeah. I was like, that work. I, I don't need to be whining about this. So <laughs> just I've really at, really grown my concealer collection over the last few weeks. That's really cool. Dory, thank you. Thank you so you are so welcome. I I mean, I'm rarely wearing makeup these days, but when I do, I'm still using I'm I am using the uh, cosmetics concealer the bye-bye under eye i agree it is very thick i i try to really use it judiciously but just, it is very I mean, thick you just use a teeniest teeniest bit yeah i mean i wouldn't say like a teeny teeny bit but i really try not to overdo it because it can get very spackly in there yes that's it's a very thick consistency i almost feel like you could mix it with a little bit of cream or something Oh, maybe. Is that crazy? Maybe you could. 
<laughs> Spray uh, a nice little mist. I did a little misting to get my concealer a little more liquidy too. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm just having fun experimenting for the zooms, you know? Yes, I've basically given up. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you don't like, do Zoom makeup anymore? No. Or did you ever? I feel like I did it a few times. And now I feel like I'm lucky if I put on actual clothes. And like, I don't know. I still do my skincare routine. That I have not given up on. But like the makeup, that is a very, very rare occurrence. Interesting. Well, your yeah. skin looks amazing on the old Zoom. Oh, thank you so much. See, I don't need the makeup. You don't need it. <laughs> uh, it's that it's that Zoom, you know, the Zoom smoother. What do they call it? The appearance enhancer or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I still use that and feel like I I need an extra layer of something. But I do I do I do love that tool. I mean, God bless that tool. I know. I feel like then when I go on Google Hangout, I'm like, oh, they need that tool. <laughs> yeah, why hasn't Google invented that tool yet? Yeah. Come on, Googs. <laughs> anyway. We need to be airbrushed in our Google Meets, please. Seriously. Ugh. And anyway, Dory, how is your baking? How is your self-care baking going? You know, Kate, it's really going well. I'm just like taking things to the next level. So we're recording this on Thursday night. As everyone knows, the Jewish Sabbath starts on Friday night. And I have been preparing my challah on Friday. But this week I said, you know what? Let me get ahead of it. And I prepped some dough tonight and it can rise overnight in the refrigerator. I'm listening. I was waiting for a reaction, but uh, apparently no, I'm, that, I'm, that wasn't that wasn't no, shattering enough no, for you. Okay. I mean, I'll continue. No, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So I'm just, tomorrow, I'm here for the journey. So, so, so tomorrow, all I'll have to do is braid one more rise and bake. This is, I have to say, Dory, you've been doing this now. This is like third week in a row, right? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, this is becoming a thing. This is becoming a thing. You know, it's a big hit in our house. Henry loves it. Matt loves it. I made one for a friend last week. She was like very touched. And I'm like, you know, this is a nice activity for me. <laughs> and what was nice about doing it tonight is like I cleaned up. It won't like it. It just feels more manageable because yeah. the rises take so long, and I feel like I'm always I can't get too distracted because I don't want to forget to like get the bread. You know what I mean? I do. Can I interrupt and just say for for our listeners who have never made bread, will you explain what you mean by a rise and how long the rising can take? Because that was something like when I first made bread, I was like, oh, what? I just I let this sit here over and over again for days. Well. Kate, that's why you need to watch The Great British Bake Off. Oh, so maybe people do know what, 
what arises and I just don't because I don't watch TV. I mean, if you watched a baking competition show, you would have a better idea. But for those of you who, like Kate, have not watched a baking competition show, um, I mean, I don't really know the science behind it, but I know that yeast. So I use active dry yeast and you have to activate it in the beginning. So you like pour water in and in this challah recipe that I did tonight, you also use sugar, but you don't have to use sugar. Um, and then the yeast like activates and then you can mix in all the other stuff that you're putting in the bread. And then once you have a dough, you put it in a bowl and you cover it. You like oil the bowl and you cover it. And then the dough has to rise. And then once it's done rising, you braid it into the challah and then it rises again. And I think the reason it, you do it that way is so that when you put it in the oven, it actually rises in the oven. Mm. Okay. Okay. But I have not made any other kind of bread except as discussed in seventh grade home economics. So right, right. That's right. You know, I am not an expert on other kinds of bread. And as I have learned, Challah is what they call an enriched bread because it has eggs in it. Oh. So Matt also got me, so Matt got me a challah, a challah cookbook as part of my, or his anniversary gift to me. And then he also got me a sourdough bread baking book and wooden handle measuring cups that are very pretty. So I'm learning more about bread. I might get on the sourdough bread baking train seven months late. Whoa. Look at I you. Know. Look at you I sneaking in like, on the sourdough train. I was like, I'm not going to do sourdough. That's ugh, that's too much trouble. But now that I make kala, I'm like, I feel like I'm halfway there. I just have to, you know, do the whole starter thing, which sounds intimidating. I have to say, you know what else I'm intrigued by? Are baguettes. Mm. Ooh, I have no idea how to make a baguette. Well, King Arthur Flower sells a baguette baking pan, which I saw when I was perusing their site last night in bed. This is my life now. And I was like, huh, that would be really fun to like make a baguette. And you have to oh use special God. flour. You can use like artisan bread flour. Please make a baguette. Please do this. Right? Yeah, please do it. I feel you like this is, this, is, this is the next frontier of my baking adventures. I mean, Jasmine Guillory uh, loves the King Arthur. I think the bread recipe, I think she uses their bread recipe from their website and swears by it. So they, they're the flour experts. They are the flour experts. So do it, Dory. Do it. I'm baguette just going to defer to them. Okay, I will, I will make you a baguette. Amazing. I truly this will be this will make my life. And I will bring it over to your house wearing a beret. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't put it past you. I wouldn't put it past Listen. you. You could rock a beret. No, I couldn't. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I, no, you could. I really th No, no, this was me being honest. I think you could. You don't think you could wear a beret well? I mean, sure, I could. You know what I did used to rock in oh the boy. winter? I used to rock a cloche. I don't even know what that is. 
Do I want to know? Like do a, I want to Google this right now? Well done. It's like a, like a, like a, I picture like Maisie Dobbs wearing a coach. Oh, it's like a, it's like a bonnet a woman in the 1920s wears. Yes, exactly. It's a 1920s wool hat. This is cute. I can see this. Close fitting to your head. Yeah, that, that was, that was my winter, my winter hat. Sometimes, like, like recently, or like no, when no, no. We're talking, we're talking. Yeah, we're talking like late nineties, early aughts. Got it, got it. Like your moodier phase. Yes, exactly. When I also wore, you know, a a, a vintage coat that I had gotten <sighs> at like a thrift store. Ugh. You know those days. I do. It's just I never knew you in those days. So it's just I extra know. fun to imagine. I know. I know. But you know, I'll, you know I'll when show I show you some pictures sometime. Yeah, and I'm gonna read your book that's gonna tell me all about this time in your life. Well, it's I mean, it is and it isn't. You don't mention wearing like, a cloche in your book? There's I not a whole chapter. There's no there's no cloches in my book thus far. I mean, now that I'm talking about it, maybe I do want to add some cloches. Is this a style you're going to bring back into your repertoire? Well, we live in LA where there's oh, like yeah. Yeah. not a ton of opportunity to wear a real winter hat. You know, because so, the, the styles of that time are now like back in season. Like the Youngs. Really? The youngs are now not of the 1920s. I mean, like oh. the, the aughts. Not the 1920s. I was like, really? Like the Great Gatsby style stuff is back? <laughs> no, I meant like the things we were wearing in the late 90s, early aughts are now like showing up on the Haley Biebers of the world. So I know it's very weird. All I'm saying is I will never wear another pair of low rise jeans in my life. I worry if I say I'll never do it the second the trend like like those big mm. ass, remember big ass sneakers? Well, you really got on that train. I mean, you bought Tevas. I did, but those aren't big ass sneakers. <laughs> no, but I mean, like that was a trend that we rocked in 94 that came back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. That's true. So that's why I like kind of live in fear of myself. Like, are there any? If? Are there any trends that you wish you had gotten on board with back in the aughts that you didn't or late 90s wow now this is an interesting question like i feel like i could have worn more like butterfly clips oh uh, yes uh, definitely and i also i feel like i really missed a lot of good kind of like tube top times because i didn't really know how to do strapless bras like i i wish i had kind mm -hmm. of like enjoyed I mean, I still can, obviously, but, you know, there was a real tube top. I had some tube tops. Yeah, like that. There was a movement. I did a lot of the dumb shit. Like, I have a butterfly tattoo on my lower back. I mean, like, you know. That's good. A, That's good. That's good. You know, really good. and I'm yeah. stuck with that forever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to think of stuff I wish I had done. I, I could have leaned. Now, I wore a lot of Junko pants. I mean, I really yeah. went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of wish I had had a more of a gothy, like Daria style phase. Oh, sure. Which I feel like you had. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. <laughs> but that was like, I mean, 
if you had asked me at the time, I wouldn't have told you I was like doing it to be trendy. I would no, that was like, you. This is my dour personality, <laughs> my sullen, my sullen adolescence. <sighs> Listen, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are talking to a woman who I found deeply inspiring and amazing. And I think you all will too. Yeah, we're interviewing Fatima Iqbal Zubair, who's running for California Assembly. She's amazing. She's amazing. All right, we'll be right back. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me me just tell you why. Yeah, get into it. Do you want to tell me why? (laughs) No, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank (laughs) you. you, Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not going back. You see how it could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, This is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, 
even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. 
Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos. And like within a few weeks, I had done the consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Our guest today is Fatima Iqbal Zubair, a teacher, immigrant, and progressive running to become the first Muslim ever elected to California State Assembly. She's running in Assembly District 64, which includes parts of South LA, and her campaign is championing policies like a Green New Deal for California, transforming our criminal justice system, and guaranteeing housing and health care as human rights for all. Her campaign has been endorsed by Senator Bernie Sanders, Ground Game LA, DSA, and a variety of other local groups. And we are so thrilled and honored to have her on the show. Welcome, Fatima. Oh, I'm I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, You know, we... Oh, go ahead, Kate. We're both just so excited. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I was just going to say, you know, we're going to get in to politics and your campaign and your community. But, you know, we we like to start each episode asking our guests about their own self-care practices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think we'd love to start there and just hear if there is a self-care practice that you connect with on a personal level. Um, Doesn't need to be big or it can be, but whatever it is that kind of grounds you on on a regular basis. Yeah, I have, I don't think I have one thing. I do have a number of things though. So I, you know, my heritage is Sri Lankan. So I'm a kind of a tea connoisseur. So I love tea. Um, and it's like a quick self care thing because you could like get back to your stressful work after. But I particularly like, and I have like a tea routine every day. So like in the morning, um, I drink, it's like a routine. I drink jasmine green tea because, you know, jasmine has those de-stressing properties and relaxing properties. And so I love my jasmine green tea in the morning. And then like right after lunch, I make um, tea like on the stove. Like it takes 10 minutes, but that's like, it's okay because um, it really makes the rest of my day great. I add like cinnamon, um, Sri Lankan cinnamon and um, mm. cardamom and um you know add some milk and add like two tea bags in there to make it extra strong um but yeah that is and that's like the chai that i make for the afternoon so that is like a a self-care thing i do um and every day and then something else too is that i've always been an athlete um since I was like seven, I mean, I've always uh, been a runner, lifted weights. And so, you know, I do um, CrossFit now and we do it outdoors with our gym. And I still do that two or three days a week. And that just like gets, you know, gets me set, uh, you know, whether it's the middle of the week, the beginning of the week, it gets me set to kind of keep trudging along. Um, and so, and then 
I think the last thing I would probably mention is my son. Um, like I, you know, especially now there's a uh, time, few and time is very limited in what I can spend with him, but he always, um, even more than my husband, whenever I'm feeling like stressed or anything, he, you know, always knows the right thing to say. And I think part of that is that my son's on the spectrum and I truly believe they have a superpower, you know, kids on the spectrum have superpowers in terms of understanding things in other ways other people don't. And so he senses every little change in me and he knows exactly what to say as a six year old to make me laugh or, you know, make me feel better. And um, so I, he is my self-care every day as well. <laughs> well, it's beautiful. Oh, that's so sweet. I also, I just love that. I love that you have a tea ritual. And as you were describing yes. your afternoon tea in particular, I was just kind of envisioning or picturing the smells. If you can picture a smell and thinking, oh, that's, that sounds so good. Um, so I, I just love that you do that. It sounds so grounding. Well, if you all are ever in LA, you know, um, you can come over and uh, we could even socially distance and we can, I can make you all some tea as well. <laughs> Uh, we're we here live in LA. Oh, yeah. oh, well, yeah, we're here. Well, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I'm technically we'll in the valley. <laughs> yes, but yeah, d don't, don't joke about it because we're on our way. We, okay. got <laughs> you're like on your way to, you know, you know what's funny is whenever I have guests yeah. over, like, that's the thing I'm known for. Even before I was a candidate, um, it was so funny. Like, I, my friends would want to come over just for tea. Like, that's, you know, I'm not good at cooking. Like, I'm not good at, you know, every part of being in the kitchen, but that is, uh, something I, I, I'm good at. I think it's because I like it so much. So I want it to be good for me. So yeah. it, it gets particularly, mm. um, good. And even when, before I started running, my friends were like, you should, you know, if you run for office, you totally have a tea card and like drive around the neighborhood, you know, and like, just like connect with neighbors over your tea. And I, you know, of course that's very expensive. I mean, of course we buy a, anyway, it didn't happen, but <laughs> it is my thing for sure. It's um, my thing. <laughs> I love that. So you were a teacher and your background as a teacher inspired you to get into politics. So tell us about that decision and kind of how the decision to run like really happened. Yes, um, I am very grateful for Watts, for the Watts community, because it changed my life. You know, from the moment I stepped into that community it was in 2016, um, you know, when we just had like a tour with other community members and the teachers are kind of getting introduced to the school and the community. I felt the power of the community. And I think the reason I felt the power was because of, you know, the historical uprisings that have happened in Watts. Uh, Watts also has a great art, art culture. Um, there's just... The people there are amazing. The community is amazing. The history is amazing. And, you know, um, being there, it was very eye-opening, like, because there are a lot of things that we don't hear in the news about communities of color, you know, um, mm. We hear about the token, you know, this token black kid who got a scholarship, right? We hear that on our local news, right? We hear about, um, but then on the other hand, we also hear about, oh, the gang violence. And, and, you know, so we hear like these token good things and we, you know, we hear these mostly, you know, bad things that show up on the news, right? But that's not really what Watts is happening. It's a very small proportion of the community that's even involved in gang violence or as part of that, like, you know, the people there are amazing and, you know, they're everyday, you know, kind of things they do every day and just talking to them. But my students, I mean, I, I literally, I'm not afraid to say is I fell in love with my students in a, in a very collective sense, right? Not a romantic sense, but with the community. And I, I say that because we don't use the word love enough in when we talk about community. And um, I think if I didn't have this love that I felt, I wouldn't be running today because um so what ended up happening when I was teaching is at first when I went there my kids were very you know testy because they've had teachers who've come there 
um, who have left, right? Because it's not always made for everyone. It's not easy to teach and watch. The kids come uh, to school with a lot of trauma, single family homes. Some of them are homeless and foster care and things like that. But after that period of testing, once they saw, you know, once they saw that I was there and I was committed and I, I had this love for the community and for them. And this was in the beginning. It, of course, it grew um, in my heart, but they, gave me that back. And I think that was what was so special for me is that my students really connected with me. I mean, you know, there's so many stories I can share that would take a whole episode. So I'll just give like tidbits. <laughs> like one time um, when my student uh, got into college, he got into Berkeley, first generation college, and he called me before he told his mom. I don't think that's necessarily no. a good thing, but it's just the impact that he knows I was rooting for him. And I helped him with his test prep and I drove him to his college interview. And, you know, and um, because it's his parents love him so much, but because of the socioeconomic circumstances when they have work or, you know, the money to be able to not get, you know, new clothes uh, for his interview. Um, that was just like one moment. But anyway, the, the other sad part is that you have these great kids in this great community, but they're given, they're not given what other communities and kids are given. So we had issues of unclean water at our school, right? We had issues of toxic sites around our school. Um, you know, um, Watts has the lowest life expectancy. So that's what, you know, when I'm in love with my, the community and the students that I was teaching, right, as a whole, that angers you, right? Just like if something happens to your family and then injustice is done to them. If someone did something to my son one day, you would do everything, right, against your power to fight against that. And that's really what I felt. I started feeling very angry at the at the hypocrisy of the politicians that would say these things and talk about the environment, but then would take all this money and not really stand up for the community. Um, and, you know, long story short, um, we ended up, you know, I was a science teacher. We, of course, my students and I were always involved in studying things together. Um, I, you know, uh, my, me and my students actually too got, got some leadership positions and some um, environmental groups in the community that led me to eventually, you know, being a commissioner for my opponent, um, and uh, in doing that and working with food and water action as well, I was trying to bring a program into my school. I got to know his record and that's what got me really angry. Right. So I already knew generally this community is being let down. But now I had a personal a person who was particularly laying the community down, my opponent. Um, and again, I'll bring love back into the story. But when you're in love with a community that much, when you are so tied in and when your students are also depending on you for so much. Right. Um it's in, it's unjust not to run when such injustice is being done. So that's essentially why why I'm doing this to um, bring compassion and love and justice back to Watts and back to my district as a whole. That is amazing. I love the way you speak about um, love for your community too, because the idea to me then of running for office to represent your district is like taking the relationship to the next level. Like mm-hmm. you're now you are committing. Um, what has been what has been the challenge of running for the state assembly and, and what, what has been most rewarding about this experience? Yeah. Okay. So the, the biggest challenge and what's most rewarding, let me see. The biggest challenge honestly is, and this is going to sound really boring, but it's just the truth <laughs> um, <laughs> is, you know, running against an opponent that is just watching money roll in right from corporations from developers and it's just very easy like he can raise over a million in a heartbeat right um whereas someone like me who's trying to run a very honest moral campaign because i want to regain the trust of my community members but i also just want to be a clean candidate you know i'm a woman of faith and i believe that you know we have a this is my personal belief again not to put this on anyone else but i believe there's a higher power watching my reaction so even behind closed doors i want to be as honest as i can so part of that is i i'm i'm very careful where my money comes from i i've returned you know thousands of 
dollars sometimes uh, because I it was someone that donated that didn't sit with right with my values. Um, but that has been the hardest part is that I have to spend you know. 30, 40 hours a week, sometimes calling progressive donors, um, holding, you know, grassroots fundraising events while my opponent can, you know, not do any of that. Right. And just watch money roll in. So that's been the hardest part is, is funding my campaign. Thankfully, I've worked really hard and we've been able to get some good funding, but we still need more. The most rewarding part, um, for me has, has been connecting with my constituents. It's just an overextension of the love I felt for my community now expanding to my district. So whenever I talk to voters, whenever I talk to, um, you know, people I, at their doors before the primary, but on the phones, um, and it, I, I moved to tears of things they share with me and they feel comfortable sharing with me. And like that privilege of just sitting there and listening, I think is even making me tear up right now because People are craving for someone to just hear them and be there for them. It's as simple as that. And I think they, I hear so many things about them being concerned about their children and their schools. I hear things about, you know, uh, a middle-aged woman caring for her mom during COVID. And when I asked her how she's doing, she started crying because she's like, no one's ever asked me that. Thanks for asking me because I've just been using this whole time to, you know, work and take care of my mom. Um, and so that's just been the most rewarding part, just being able to listen um, to the to the experiences, especially right now of my constituents. Um, and, you know, also you're just bringing in like police brutality, like the, our community, especially in South LA is really struggling. And, um, and the communities are on kind of intention right now, you know, at, at LA sheriffs and just being able to listen to them and, and stand in solidarity with them has been the most rewarding thing. If you were elected, you would be the first, as we said in your bio, you'd be the first Muslim in the California State Assembly. And I'm just wondering, is that something that drives you? And what would that kind of what would it mean to you to be representing your community in this way? Yeah, you know, to be honest, um, this wasn't the major incentive for me to run. Um, although, you know, in an ironic way, it's my faith came into it more personally. So there's a part of my faith that there's two things, actually. Uh, there's one part that says that we're not fearful of any human being, no matter how powerful they are, except God, right? Um, and that's always been ingrained in me. Like, you know, I could go up to Trump right now, go up to Mitch McConnell, go up to any corrupt politician and, and really speak my mind. And I think that's because I have that so solidified in me. Um, um, that this, this fearlessness is, is, I think that's a lot of that's from my faith. Um, mm -hmm. and the other thing is that, you know, why I started running was, um, also tied, the second thing tied to my faith was, um, because, um, you know, there's something beautiful in, um, you know, our prophet Muhammad's, um, example, uh, where he said that if we see injustice and we don't do something, you know, to stop it, we're not actually Muslim, right? And so that little thing could be that you're just thinking that it's bad, that counts. But the best thing you can do is actually use, like, do an action, right? So I consider myself now doing an action. And um, that's, again, part of my faith. So my, you know, me being Muslim, it's more internalized in why I do certain things. And my fight for justice is part of my faith. Um, but I think, you know, on the other hand, a small part of this is also like, you know, maybe the, the thing that was like, okay, I'll run, like, I'll, I'll do this, I'll take that final step, let's put it that way. So most of the steps were because of my students in my community was kind of like an F you to Trump, right? Um, mm -hmm. at his, and, and the white supremacists in this country and, in what they see about Muslims, what they say, um, about immigrants, um, what they say about Ilhan Omar, like it hits me so personally, um, because I, my faith has made me a better person. And so when you're saying that about me, um, I I want to prove to you, you know, that we're going to have more diverse people up there and what we can really do to change this country because we're up there. And, um, you know, honestly, it's, it's, it's been sad. I just talked to my uh, consultant this morning about this, that we've been putting ads out there and 
most of the comments, unfortunately, are Islamophobic. Mm. Um, and, and this is really sad. Um, I don't think my district is that way, but it's just, you know, the ads that we're targeting to kind of get donations and stuff like that. And a lot of them are probably trolls, but it's just sad that even if you're told that you could feel like that's a justified thing to say. And it, it, it does hit me personally. I don't usually say this as a person uh, because I'm strong. I mean, I wouldn't be running for office if I didn't have, you know, some type of thick skin. Um, and I do. Um, but at the end of the day, we're human beings. And, at, you know, when you lie to bed at night, you, you think those things go through your head. Like, why are people yeah. saying these things? But I, I know it's, I know it's trolls and I, but I know it, that we have to change the culture of how we talk to people in this country. Right? It's not just about me. It's like how we talk to people online. How do we talk to people face to face? I mean, we just have to, and, and I think a big part of that will be getting, you know, someone like me in office and more people like me in office because when we're in these positions of power, now we, it's almost, it's sad that we have to do that to kind of command respect, but we do. And now we can, if I can win in California and be the first Muslim, maybe I can make it better for Muslim people in my entire state and that'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. Do you, have, have you thought about advice that you might give for, um, for women who are interested in running for office, but may not feel like they have a chance or may feel overwhelmed by what it means or, or scared. What would you, what would you tell someone? Yeah. Um, you know, first thing I want to acknowledge is that it's not easy being a woman running for politics, not just me, but someone else. And I've experienced this firsthand, you know, we're told we're too sensitive or we're too aggressive, you know, and, or, and these stereotypes aren't put onto men. And even just like as a leader, right? When you ask someone, even today, if you probably ask a kid, even with my son, I had to literally socialize into him and thinking that, no, there can be a, a woman president, right? Because all he's seen in his books about presidents is there's just men, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it does exist. And it's, it's what we have to, I think it starts with when kids are young and, um, you know, our, the parents and teachers who are influencers in their life to really teach them that, like, you and my son thankfully sees his mom working more than his dad. So that's all he would know, which is great. Um, but, um, you know, yeah. So the advice I would give is honestly, that is, is, is starting with our young girls, I think is really important. I know that as a teacher, um, um, when I had a, I started the first robotics team in Watson, it was such a struggle getting girls to join and build and, you know, work with robots uh, because of the stereotypes. But I think, um, Make, being conscious of like, you know, of, of, our, of our young girls. But I think ad- advice, you know, in terms of women that are ready to run or maybe thinking about running would be um, to just do it because a lot of times, you know, um, run as you are, I guess is what I want to say, you know, run as you are. We always think we're going to wait till we get this degree. We're going to wait till we check these parts in our resume and we have them in our resume. Honestly, men don't do that. Look at our mm-hmm. president. What qualifications does he have? Look at a lot of men out there, frankly. I mean, we do that as women. We always feel like we need to check boxes. We need to get this degree. We need to, you know, uh, uh, get this checklist of things before we run. But why? If you feel the urgency, if you're, if you are smart in the way you address these problems, and this is only for you to guess, by the way, you're smart and it's not anyone else. If your intentions are pure and you are doing this with the right intentions, with compassion, with love, then do it. That's all that's really required. You know, we just need morality back in government. We need people doing things for the right things. And frankly, I'll end with this. Look at the countries in the world, um, you know, that have women leadership, countries like Iceland and New Zealand that has a women prime minister. Frankly, they're doing the best with COVID. I mean, having women in leadership positions, honestly, like we have the best results for the country as a whole, you know, and so, uh, for those countries that they represent. And so I think that the, the, the proof is in the pudding there. I think women, we need women in leadership. Amen. 
Um, do you have any political icons or mentors who you look up to, who, who you inspire you? Yeah, I mean, I, we just got endorsed by Bernie Sanders. I think he was a huge motivation for me and many others. He definitely was a great source of inspiration in the sense that he made me think about community and um, and dignity and what that looks like, not just saying it, right? What that really looks like for people and what 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 every person really deserves. No one talked about these things in the way he has. Um, on top of that, you know, of course, political wise, um, you know, I'm AOC is inspiring. I'm Ilhan Omar is inspiring. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, this is not political, but like, you know, my mom is inspiring to me. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, my mom, um, taught me, you know, whenever we have these grassroots fundraisers, my parents always come on. They never miss a single one. And it's oh, really awkward man. sometimes. No matter if it's with young people, older people, they don't care. They want to be there. And I always make sure they have time to say something. But my mom is the one that taught me how to be selfless. My mom, um, even if she was, you know, sick or going through something, she would always get food for people and, and go out of her way to drive to someone's house if they're having difficulty, be there for someone and always put others first before herself. So she's really my hero. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she, I, she's the one that she raised me. I mean, her, my dad raised me. My mom um, really influenced me in um, the way I look at the world. Oh, that's awesome. She sounds great. Yeah, she sounds she's really, really cool. Really she cooks cool. really well, too. So maybe we should wait till after cool when she gets it. She could cook you all a meal. <laughs> I mean, and yes. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, go. I'm on my way. Um, <laughs> I, I was one thing that we've talked about and have been thinking about is as we talk about self care in our show, how things like, um, access to clean water and access to health care and treatment that offers dignity to people, how these things are kind of larger ideas of self-care. And I, I was wondering mm. if, you, if you could just kind of speak to the idea of how, how systemic change on a larger scale can also be considered self-care for so many people. It's about bringing love and compassion back to community. And we can do that by saying that, you know what, you're a human being, you deserve to drink clean water. You're a human being, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that you don't get cancer and you don't get asthma, right? (laughs) I mean, that's what our leaders essentially should be saying and, and then acting on, but they're not, right? And I think it's because our government isn't really targeted on this sort of community level care um, and really listening to people and he- not even that they need to say anything, but just hearing, just sitting, standing in the middle of a community and seeing what's lacking and what they need um, and what they're fighting for. And, um, and yeah, so that is a great type of com- community care. I-, I see myself, you know, it's very hard for me, actually, honestly, to tell you the truth, running as a teacher, because I was so used to like, you know, doing things for others. And, and it's, it's strange seeing my name sometimes and people are like, wow, I met Fatima, this and that, but that's, it sounds a little, it's weird for me because, um, but I hope that the type of lead I always, when people say that my response in my awkwardness is not me, us, right? You know, please, it's about all of us. It's about all of us. I always say that because it is, it's about, um, I, I want to, be a leader in the sense that I can be amongst the community, be with the community and fight with the community. That's the capacity of the leadership I see bringing. And, and because I do that, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm always listening and bringing policies that are in line with what, what I'm hearing on the streets. I want to always be protesting even when I'm a leader. I want to always be, um, uh, going to the places where no other politician wants to go because I feel like, that's what will inform my policy. And that's what true listening means in politics, right? Is that you are not taking that and you are translating that into policy. That's really going to respond to what they're fighting for. 
That's that's awesome. You summed it up better than I could ever imagine. Oh, thank you. (laughs) How then, as we all exist in a global pandemic and you, you see so much disparity in the world and inequity, how do you stay motivated and optimistic and encouraged when things can feel so discouraging at times? Yeah. I'm going to bring it back to someone I talked with Watts recently. It's my community members. It's people around me, honestly. Um, and if you hear my voice shaking, it's because when I talk about these things, like it really hits home for me. Um, it's why I'm doing this. Um, I was in Watts recently. We were filming and, and I was talking to this individual. He had, you know, it was about three weeks ago. I don't even remember his name, which is really sad because I, you know, but he, he was an like a older gentleman, not that old, but uh, when I... And he lived in the projects and the projects right now are going through displacement and gentrification. And he lives with his family and like, you know, the, the projects that have been built since the 1950s, but, but by the way, to give context, have also unclean water, have contamination and, and people know these things, by the way. So this gentleman knew this thing, these things. And I, when I asked him, he said, you know, I, yeah, and he, this is how he said it with this one. He's like, you know, yeah, I lost my job due to COVID, but it's okay. I've been working really hard and applying for jobs and I know I'm going to get something soon. I know it's going to come. And, and thank God I have, un, I have some unemployment. So I, I was able to go to the store and get some of these things. Um, and my family's going to be okay this week, you know, and like, like that was his perspective, you know, um, and it just blew me away, um, um, that people could be struggling so much now. Um, and, and, and I'm so glad we have people fighting, you know, to cancel rent, um, and, 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 um, really give people, you know, what they need right now because our government isn't doing it. But what inspires me that the, the people that are struggling right now are so strong, so resilient. And that's exactly why we need to do as much as we can for them because they're not out there whining. They're not out there like, they're not out there, you know, complaining. They're out there trying to live and trying, trying to thrive as best as they can. And it's precisely because of their resilience and because of their attitude that they deserve, they deserve leaders that stand up for them. So that's what gives me inspiration is, is community members like who I describe right now. Um, how can people besides donating money how can people get involved in local elections yeah um so and and it, it, the people and, and the way the system is right now uh it, it really makes it hard to um you know really understand local elections and so what we try to do is um you know uplift other local candidates as much as we can for that reason um but what y'all are doing also great. Just, you know, I'm um, having local candidates on more. I think more media needs to do that as well. Um, but what they can do is I, I can't really say now go to like LA vote, you know, go to this website, right? <laughs> because mm-hmm. there isn't a website to be like, here's how to get involved. Um, but what I would say is, you know, um, look up, start with this, look up the candidates that are running in your race, in, in your ballot, right? Everyone gets a ballot. So you can just do a Google search, right? I'm not even going to say you're going to get a sample ballot in the mail because that's so long and so complicated. What I would say is just if you look at your ballot, everyone's getting a ballot this year, Google the candidates, right? Google their names and you'll have their website come up. So even if it's an underdog candidate or challenger, they'll have something come up with them. Look at them up in social media. Most of them have social media accounts. And I think that's the best way to get involved. When you do that, then now you're going to be 
linked to their website. Now you're going to be linked, you know, through the social media and through their website. There are going to be, especially for candidates like me and candidates that aren't taking corporate money, we have opportunities on there to get involved, right? Um, you know, in our case, our website has ways you can postcard, um, you can phone bank, um, you can, um, yeah, just, I think we have, a, you know, we have different, that, that's mainly the two main things right now. I mean, we have some local volunteers helping us put out uh, flyers and things like that. So you could always email us as well if you're just interested in helping. Um, and we have everything you can, a lot of things you can do in the community. But right now, the biggest thing, push that I think I and other local candidates need because of COVID, because our strength was knocking on doors and we don't have that anymore. Um, and having that conversation is really signing up for our phone bank. So I just want to reiterate, um, besides donating, phone banking is probably the second most important thing you can get us to win. If you hear about the races like Jamal Bowman and Corey Bush, they talked about after, right? Like how it was, you know, great movements of phone bankers, right? That got mm -hmm. on and just talked to voters, right? Mm -hmm. That's what beats all these uh, mailers, right? That these corporate politicians are going to send. Um, it's really having a conversation with a voter. That makes all the difference in the world. I've literally had voters tell me, like literally, you know what? You called me and the other guy didn't. So I'm going to vote for you. And they don't even know like really wow. anything else. Yeah. So the power of just connecting with a voter is, you know, can't really be measured or described. So just phone banking right now is the best way um, to really help. And where can our listeners learn more about you and your campaign? Yeah. So my website is uh, FatimaForAssembly.com. So it's F-A-T-I-M as in Mary A, F-O-R Assembly.com. If you go there, um, you'll see opportunities to donate, uh, to volunteer, phone bank, um, to postcard. Um, any of our upcoming events are also on there, like our virtual events. Um, so that's the best way. Also, if you're more a social media person, we're pretty active at posting, you know, a lot of our updates and phone banks and stuff on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at FatimaForAssembly. On Twitter, I'm at Fatima. Uh, uh, the number for assembly. So I think those are the two ways, social media and website to really find out, uh, yeah, how to get involved. Well, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. I wish I could vote for you. Um, I'm sadly, we're sadly not in your district, but um, I'm so excited for your campaign. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much again for coming on the show. Oh, no, thank you for having me. This has been a really rewarding conversation for me as well. So thank you for asking such great discussion questions. I'm so glad. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially 
a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How about that Fatima? I mean, I I get so pessimistic and like discouraged before I even have the idea to do anything. And so just even getting to hear her talk about why she was inspired to like, she's doing it, you know, it was so Mm -hmm. moving just to hear someone who is doing it. Mm -hmm. And she was just so incredible and so you know, filled with passion and compassion for her community. I just loved getting to talk to her. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that she is doing the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like the thing that, that feels scary and daunting and like, oh, I could never pull that off. She's doing it. Yep. It's when, amazing. It, and like whether she wins the campaign or not, I mean, yes, you, you know, you obviously want to win, but I think that just taking that first step is like what gets you to the next place. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? I'm a little too heady of me. I don't know. No, no, I'm totally with you. Anyway, I'm so, so inspired by women who I enter politics. Yes. Oh, <sighs> mm. well, now to talk about the things I didn't do. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear them. <laughs> On a less inspiring note, I could barely. <laughs> Commit to the intention I set for myself on this podcast uh, last let's week. Let's remind everyone what it was. So I was going to read in bed before I went, fell asleep. I had really been enjoying it. My mental health felt great. I was getting good night's sleep. I was going to bed on time or dare I say even early. Well, guess who didn't do that? Mm. me it was a big fat fail. Instead, I did all the things I said I wasn't going to do. I watched TV and I played video games and then I would try to go to sleep and I couldn't. And so I got the punishment I deserved, which was feeling tired. Mm. But it's a new week. I'm going to try again. I love that about you, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> just got to 
<laughs> try, try, try. Just get back on the horse. Yep. Getting back on the horse. You know, Dory, I might be getting back on a horse. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> I'm going to start horseback riding again soon. So That's this horse so girl, cool. this horse girl is about to become a horse woman. Wow. But anyway, more on that later once I once my ankle is no longer sprained. This oh, yeah. week, Dory, this week my yes. in- intention is to see if I can commit to writing for 20 minutes a day. Okay. I have a book I have to write and mm-hmm. I'm trying to get the ball rolling. Yep. And so anyone who pursues anything, I wonder, is it possible for you to do it for 20 minutes a day? We'll find out. I'm about to try. I love it. Okay. I'll report back. I'm nervous okay, with this great. one, but we'll see. Great. You you set a writing intention last week. I did. We are also, you're also a writer. I am. And I also have a book due. So my intention was to come up with a schedule slash plan for doing my book revisions. And I did come up with a schedule that I with like various deadlines that I ran by my editor. She said, this sounds great. And then I like gave myself some more deadlines within the deadlines. Um, and I've been working on it. I will say I'm finding it very hard to be motivated right now just with everything gesturing, gesturing, gesturing that's going on. <laughs> um, it's very hard to, fo- it's very hard for me to focus right now. Yeah. This is certainly a challenging time to do anything. Yeah. Like wash your face, work, whatever. I, it's just, yep. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to figure that out. And also, as I was saying on, I think our episode, our Monday episode, not being able to go anywhere else to do work is like really, I feel like starting to get me down. I'm just, I've just been used to being able to leave the house to, to write and I can't do that right now. And I'm finding that difficult. So I don't know. It's like all stuff that like is like, okay, big deal, but I'm just trying to like figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just, now I have my schedule, I have my plan. Now I just have to do it. And then kind mm. of related to that, my intention this week is to go outside because I feel like I've just been, I mean, it's also because it's been so hot, but I'm like barely going outside and I feel like it's starting to like affect me. Like it's starting to affect my mental health. Well, what do you have like a hike plan? Do you just want to go for a walk or you going to sit under a tree? What is like, what does outside mean to you? Haven't, haven't gotten that far. Okay. Doesn't matter. Just want to go outside. Okay. Just walk out that front door. Just walk out the front door and see what happens. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, you know that feeling when you're like, oh, I've been inside all day and you just feel sort of like, ugh. Yeah, like you feel like you need a shower? Yeah, kind of. I'm also really tired. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Not my finest hour. <laughs> you know, Dory, but- I, I think that we're all in the same boat. You do. I th- I don't think anyone is having their finest hour right now. Okay. All right. I mean, like, okay, m- m- I'm sure even like Meghan Markle is having a hard time. Like everyone's 
Yeah, probably. We're all we're all in it. Take comfort in yeah. the camaraderie if you can. <sighs> okay. All right. All Thank right. You. Well, oh, Dory, there is something really important that we have to say, which is that this podcast, Forever 35, is hosted and produced by you, Dory Shafrir, and me, Kate Spencer, and it's produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Sam Reed is our project manager, and our network partner is a cast. All of this is true. And we'll see you in two right. days. Bye.